0: Well, uh, that happened. Um, buzzer beaters happen. It's, it, it sucks. And this Magic team just continues to take hard, hard, hard lessons. I think the question everyone has is, when are they going to start learning from them? And when can we start being negative about it? I
1: don't know. Maybe, probably not now, but you know, we'll see. Let's get into it. It's time for Locked On Magic. You are locked on magic. Your daily Orlando magic podcast
0: you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is November 6th, 2022. My name is Philip Ross I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at underscore omd On today's episode of Locked On Magic, the Orlando Magic fall to the Sacramento Kings 126-123 to 123 in overtime on a buzzer-beating three from the logo. A game that featured a lot of things to get excited about, a lot of things to be frustrated about and a lot of hard lessons learned. We're going to dive into some of those lessons and uh, um, where this team is at, you know, 10 games in now, trying to figure out how to learn these and take that all-important next step. Plus, Paolo Bancaro's career night, what that means for the team moving forward and what it should mean for the team moving forward, as well as our usual box score dive that comes after games. We'll get to all all that coming up here in just a moment. But first, do want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload we truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for Locked and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code LOCKED ON. That's prizepicks.com, promo code LOCKED ON. If if you listen to this podcast, you you probably already saw the highlights. You're probably at the game. Um you, you know what happened. There's a full recap up on orlandomagicdaily.com. Um the Orlando Magic on Saturday night against Sacramento Kings were in one hand extremely encouraging, um showing exactly what we wanted to see coming off of Thursday's win over the Golden State Warriors, um and doing all the things that are going to be important for this team to win basketball games. Not just this year, but down the road. Uh, On one hand, they were everything we want them to be, even when they went down by 10 points um, in that fourth quarter, fighting back, getting back in the game, giving themselves a chance to win, making big plays in order to do it, making critical key shots in order to do it. If there's Honestly, 10 games into the season, if there's one thing we should know about this Magic team, it's that you shouldn't bury them. They're going to—we're going to get to the other hand here in a sec, but— They'll make mistakes, they'll put themselves maybe in some bad spots, but do not bury them. They are going to fight back, and and, and frankly, they have the talent to get back into most games in most situations. On the other hand, you have a team that is frustratingly young and making all these young team and young player mistakes. Turning the ball over, not getting into the offense that got them the lead or puts them in the best position. Struggling to find their way and struggling to find their center inconsistent with their defense and their defensive rotations, all the things that can frustrate a team and, and all the things that often confound young teams like this one. It's a team that doesn't have great depth, to be perfectly honest right now, or great scoring depth at least. They are a team that is let's let's say streaky from beyond the arc. That's that 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 seems probably generous but fair. Um it's a team that has a lot of flaws that it struggles to overcome, and a lot of them are self-inflicted. You know, I've I know I've said this a million times on this show and a million times before. Um, that a lot of these games rhyme. A lot of the Magic's problems are the same problems, and you know, I think I said I think we said it after the Oklahoma City game that it, it, it's time to kind of start. You know, we're we're at a point now. Where we expect this Magic team to win. That's, let's be, let's 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 just let's just put it all out there on the on the table. This Magic team is talented enough to win basketball games. They are talented enough to win consistently. They are talented enough that we should not just be merely satisfied with a moral victory. I can point out all the positive things I'm going to point out, but that does not change the fact that the Orlando Magic lost an 18-point lead at the half. It doesn't change the fact that the Magic were up by four late in the game. It gave that game away. It doesn't change the fact that the Magic had to scramble to get back into this game. Had to scramble in overtime. Needed a crazy play. kind of play that is usually put on the Magic to to, to tie the game. And put themselves in a position where the impossible or the improbable could happen. And Darren Fox walking into a three at the logo and, and hitting it. Um, again, I, I, I don't think the scouting reports quite caught up to where Darren Fox's shooting is at, um, but nonetheless, great shot. Tip your hat to him. Uh, I, I've said this a million times this year. So again, all these games rhyme. That's that's the unfortunate thing. All of these games rhyme. I've said it a million times. This Magic team is turning on two or three plays every game. You could point to plays in the fourth quarter. I would point to plays in the third quarter when the Magic you know, were, were, were teetering but still in control. They brought their bench in and the Kings just decimated them. Every time Wendell Carter came out of the game DeMontis Sabonis ducked his shoulder and went into the paint. He was unafraid. Wendell Carter scared him a little bit. Um, Bo Ball scared him a little bit. Um, once De'Aaron Fox was able to get downhill get into the paint consistently that was game over. Once, once he found his rhythm that was game over. And now the Magic are just kind of struggling to get back into it. Are struggling to kind of find their center and find themselves. They got outscored, what, 36-12 to in the third quarter. They had 9 of their 18 turnovers for 15 points. But 9 of their 18 turnovers in the third quarter. These are all things this team can control. And so, yes, there were good things that happened from this game. We're going to get to one of them in the next segment. But the fact of the matter is... We are at a point now, through 10 games, the Magic have been in clutch situations in 8 of them, I believe. They're 1-7 in seven in clutch situations this year. To me, that is not a statement of the Magic's ability or inability to make plays, necessarily. It's certainly not a quest statement of their inability, ability or inability to be in games. They can win all of these games. They have put themselves in a position to win all of these games. They should be better than a 2-8 team. That is 100% true. And so, yes, it it is time, perhaps, to start saying, okay, you've spent this first eighth of the season or the first eighth of the season, whatever it is, um, showing us that you can compete, showing us that you can be in these games, that you can make these things happen. Now it's time to show us that you can do more, that you can win these games. And that's going to take the kind of detail and and attention to detail and composure and poise that they talked all summer about having. That's why I I keep driving this point home because they have made this what the season's about. So having multiple turnovers where their foot is out of bounds on a three-pointer. Made some threes. They made only four threes all game. A lot of them were taken off of the board. At least two were taken off the board because... Someone's foot was out of bounds when they shot the three. Or late in the game, Orlando took the lead. And again, it was very, very slight. So I don't know if we can even count this. But it's it's little things like this. Paolo Bancaro dunks the ball. Touches it on its way out. Gets called for a delay a game. That's a technical foul. So it's not just a delay a game from earlier in the game. That's a mistake. It's now come back to roost at the end. And a game that goes to overtime, in a game where Darren Fox had to hit a shot to send the game to overtime, where the Magic, you know, had two really good looks to to to, for, to win the game in regulation and miss them, that one point changed everything. Didn't feel it, it, uh, honestly when it happened, it didn't feel like earth shattering, but it felt important because that's a free point you're giving to the other team. And again, what the Magic have talked about is being more into those details. Being more in to those little plays, those little things that separate winning from losing because right now winning and losing is two or three plays a game. Two or three moments per game. Two or three stretches per game. The Magic have successfully graduated from we tried hard, we fought hard, to, we need to win some games. And look, they may get a little bit of leeway because they're a young team. They're going to make young team mistakes. If the bench is losing them games, so be it. That's, especially with how injured this team is, maybe you can live with that. The important thing right now is to go through these games, get these learning lessons, and be better the next time. This Magic team, dating back to last year, into this year, haven't played with the lead very much. So seeing them take that punch from Sacramento and struggle, that's an experience they need to remember. So now next time, you know, Monday if they go up by 20 on Houston, that doesn't happen again. In fact, I would sort of argue that one of the problems that happened in the OKC game is Jamal Moses was trying to prevent that from happening, went to his starters, they did their job, they, they built the lead, and then... They let it go again. Again, maybe there's nothing you can do about that. But again, it's it. There, there's there's a connect. There's a connectivity between your two playing groups thing that worked in Thursday's win over Golden State. Not did not work in this game. At the end of the day, it, it's it's this game is still about winning, and it's so about doing those little things that need to be done to win. The Magic are capable of winning these games. They've proven that time and time and time and time again. And If you lose—and honestly, like, I don't care that Franz Wagner missed a wide-open three to win the game. I don't care that Jalen Suggs missed his shot to win the game. In regulation, that is. You can live with makes and misses. What you can't live with is the little mistakes. The turnovers, the the kind of being passive and not aggressive and not sticking with what's worked. The not attention and focus— to keep the same intensity throughout the course of the game, those are things young teams have to learn. And so, yes, we are going. We expect those growing pains. Runs are going. As as uh, it was reported on the broadcast, Jamal, Jamal Mosley told his team during that run in the third quarter, "They made their run. Go out and make yours." It happened in the first quarter, and and again, credit to this magic team. there, there is plenty of reason to credit this magic team. We're going to get to Paolo here in the second block. Um, Credit this Magic team. They went down 10 in the fourth quarter. Last year's team would have lost this game by 15. Like, easily. This year's team forced overtime. I do want to step back and recognize that progress. But it's still not all the way there. This is this was still a game the Magic should have won. The Magic put themselves in position to win. And what do I always say? What do I always say about close games? Magic play a lot of close games. What do I always say about close games? Good teams don't win close games. They avoid them. Because if you don't avoid close games, the craziness that got the Magic back into the game happens. Jalen Suggs making two free throws. Chima okay. uh, They're they're doing them. uh, Paolo and Jalen and Franz, I think it was Paolo and Franz doing a perfect trap in the corner on Malik Monk leading to a turnover that Chuma Okeke grabbed and put turned into a dunk to tie the game with, what, six seconds left? Two seconds left? And that's how you end up with Darren Fox hitting a half-court three to win the game. You don't want games to turn on a guy making a crazy shot. You can maybe live with that. You don't want the games to turn on that. And that's why you got to do your work early and be about the details and the intensity the entire 48 minutes. One guy is doing that though, and it's becoming very, very clear that the Magic need to figure out ways to foster and and develop this, this guy. We're going to talk about Paolo Banquero's career night coming up here in just a moment. But first, a quick word for our pals at Prize Picks. Look, I played some of those traditional daily fantasy games. I know some of you are getting ready for your Sunday football games coming up today. Um, you know, basketball is obviously... we got a full slate of NBA games on Monday. Monday, the night before election night, all 30 teams in action on elect on, on the election night eve on Monday. It's going to be very, very exciting around the league. I'll make that PSA again at the, at the end of the show. But if you play those traditional daily fantasy games, you're playing against sharks. Going up against professionals, going up against people who put in multiple lineups, who know what they're doing, that win all the prizes, you're just fighting for scraps. Honestly, you play those pools... You are fighting just to get your money back. There's a better game out there. There's a better way to play Daily Fantasy. Prize picks gives you the opportunity to go up against the numbers. You're not going up against anyone else. You are making the predictions. You are picking the players you want to look at. You want to play, and you are ultimately in control. Here's how prize picks works. You pick two to five players, and if they go on to score more or less than their prize picks projections, you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. So if you think Luka Doncic can score more than 26.5 points or Paolo Bencaro is going to hit 22.5 points or more than more than 22.5 points, you can make that projection, bundle those up, make that your entry, and have a chance to win some real, real money. There's no competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections. PrizePix offers projections on any sport that you watch, including NBA, NFL, NHL, PGA, college football, men's college basketball, which is starting up on Monday, WNBA, and a whole lot more. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's really that easy. Safe and fast withdrawals, and it's currently operational in more than 30 states, including Florida and Canada. So download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports today. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match of up to $100 with promo code LOCKEDON. If you deposit $100, PrizePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50... Prize picks will give you $50. So don't forget to enter promo code LOCKEDON and sign up for an instant deposit match of up to $100.
1: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date.
0: We want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories at sports go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. This game, um, you know, what, what's, what's honestly frustrating about this game um, is a it was internationally televised. It was the it was a Saturday NBA uh, Saturday international game in Europe and, 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 and the Middle East. Um, so they got a good one at least. Um, and and look, you, you you go on Twitter, you go on social media. Everyone was buzzing about the Orlando Magic. Um, so from a from a perception standpoint, I suppose um, this was a win for the Orlando Magic, regardless of the result, regardless of how it happened people are buzzing and talking positively about the orlando magic and and, and, and as has been joked before they are the perfect league pass team quirky lineups top pick in the draft a lot of fun young players playing a, a fun style can't win a game to save their life <laughs> um so they they are very much that league pass team that's just uh you know very very fun to watch and interesting and and you can see what they're trying to build but there's still a long way to go to get there so just bear with us and and, and get through some of these growing pains here but What's disappointing about this game is that it should have been a celebration. Um, it, it should have been a coming out party. It should have been this big moment uh, for one of the Magic's best players and for a player that's going to be key to their future. A player, um, uh, kind of a player, showing what he can do and how he can carry the team. We saw a little bit of that Thursday against Golden State in the third quarter. But Paolo Bancaro, 33 points, 16 rebounds, four assists, 14 for 26 shooting did everything the Magic could have hoped for and more. Outside of his three-point shot, which is definitely suspect, and I think teams are starting to hone in on that, and he's recognizing they're starting to hone in on that, he did whatever he wanted on the floor. The Magic have a star. Let's, let's just make that abundantly clear. The Magic have a star in Paolo Bancaro. They have a player who is going to force defenses to really change how they play this team. And honestly, they have a player who can hunt out a matchup and exploit it, who can hunt out a double team and beat it. They have a player that they can get the ball to and calm themselves down with a shot. Uh, I, was, I was looking at the stat page on this, and again, the Orlando Magic got outscored in the, in the third quarter 36-12. to 12. They had nine turnovers in that quarter. Paolo Bancaro had 8 of those 12 points. He shot 3 of 5 in the quarter. Only one turnover. I believe he only had one of the turnovers. I'm actually going to look this up. Um, He had no turnovers. So, excuse me. 3 for 6 from the floor, 2 for 2 from the foul line, 3 rebounds, no turnovers, 8 points, and 10.06. He was minus 19 in those 10 minutes because he was the one left on the floor. But at the end of the day, what we're seeing from Paolo Bancaro is someone who can stabilize this team who can stabilize this group and give them a guy who can just get them a bucket. Now, obviously, he's a rookie. He's he's making some mistakes. Some of his shot selections aren't great, but it's it's becoming clearer clearer and clearer and clearer and clearer and clearer that the way forward for this Orlando Magic team is to make it as easy as possible for Paolo Bancaro. To make it as easy as possible for him to score, to make sure they're getting him spots in 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 the best places for him, and allowing him to control the tempo of the game. How did the Magic build their 18-point lead in, in, in the first half? Well, in the second quarter alone, Bancaro had 10 points on five for seven shooting. How did he get that? How did he do that? A lot of it was getting the ball on the low block. Bearing, you know, squaring up, burying his shoulder into someone's chest, not in a foul way, but making the, that initial contact, blowing them off their spot, and creating space enough for him to score. He's capable of hitting those those tough shots, those tough fadeaways, those tough turnarounds. Until that, uh, once that three-point shot comes, there's, 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 he's going to be a three-level score. And then defenses really won't know what to do with him, because he's already getting to the line at pretty crazy rates. And Caro is really special, and, and, and that much is abundantly clear, even through 10 games. I, mo- I noted this, and I, I often refer- the, reference this because I think it's interesting, but um, when Jalen Suggs was struggling last year, I, I, I look back because I remember John Morant struggled early in his career and Donovan Mitchell and Trey Young struggled early in their careers, and I noticed that there was, within the first two or three weeks of their seasons, these big burst games. You know, They, they, they did struggle early on in their careers. They weren't perfect, but... You could and they're guards, so they're not quite Palo either, but you, they had a game where they put it all together, if, even if it was briefly. Palo Van Caro's obviously averaging more than 20 points per game. He's scoring at will. He's, he's, he looks comfortable out there. And this felt like the burst game, the game where he went above and beyond, where he showed what he can really do and what the team might be able to rely on him for every single night. And even if this wasn't that burst game and it was just a bigger game than normal and his normal is 18 to 22, 23 points per game, this is a guy that gets it. And so now it's just about fostering and trying to get him to that next level. What is that next level? I I don't know. Um, Is it the command to take over games when it's needed, when his team is struggling to score, to demand the ball in a good spot Someone get, getting him in, in, in a good spot, sure. Is it getting an actual point guard that can distribute the ball consistently and get and put make that life easier for him? Hundred percent. That's the biggest weakness on this team right now. I hate to say it, and and and, and we'll get into Jalen Suggs here in a minute, but it's it's bad. It, they they need uh, they they they're they're doing okay operating without a point guard. And I think Franz is starting to figure things out, and Paolo is doing a really good job. They need an organizer. They need it. This season is quickly becoming, how do we make the most of Paolo Bancaro? How do we get more out of this guy? And that's the real question now. Because it doesn't feel like Paolo Bancaro is going to slow down. Everyone knows that Paolo Bancaro is this team's top offensive option. They know he's going to get a healthy diet of shots. And really, the only defense anyone is able to been put up against him is to duck under screens and hope that he shoots. And he's he's saying in post-game press conferences, I see them ducking under screens, trying to get me to shoot my mid-range. I've got, I can't take that bait. He knows it, too. And that's really scary, because once he knows it, then he starts figuring out how to attack it and how to get the shots that he wants. And frankly... I don't know if there's many guys that are going to stop him from getting those kinds of shots and getting that type of shot. The reality is the Magic know what they have is really special in Paolo. They know what they have is really special in Franz. And this season was always about trying to figure out how to surround and position those two players to be the best versions of themselves and the best versions for this team. We can sit here and say, in Game 10 we know that Paolo Bancaro is that dude. We know he's really, really special. And frankly, if if there is hand-wringing about how the Magic are playing and what they have to do, if there is that kind of hand-wringing about it, then in reality, it's an understanding that the clock is already ticking. To build a winner around Paolo Vanquero. That's really the task now. Because they've got a guy playing at an all-star level already. A rookie playing at an all-star level. They've got a lot of really interesting pieces that fit together in interesting ways and are doing really good things. The last piece missing is to win. And to make this individual brilliance part of winning, every star, time and memoriam, for the most part, has had to figure this out. Yes, Michael Jordan made the playoffs every year, but he was a low seed for several years before he figured it out. You know, LeBron James missed the playoffs his rookie season. Didn't get out of the first, didn't get out of the first round. I think for two for two seasons, um, for two, he had he had at least one playoff try before he could get out of the playoff, get out of the first round. Winning is hard, and it takes a lot of understanding and learning, and that's, that's very clearly what's on display with this Magic team. But Paolo Banquero is a winning player. He is consistently making winning plays. And we just need to take a step back and appreciate and enjoy what we're watching begin to blossom here in Orlando. We're going to go through that final box score real fast, talk a little bit about uh, where things went right, what things went wrong as the Orlando Magic fall to the Sacramento Kings 126 to 123 in overtime.
1: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs.
0: So let's run through the box scores. The Orlando Magic fall to the Sacramento Kings, one twenty six to one twenty three. Again, just uh, a lot of good things happened. Uh, Again, it's it's bad that they lost, Um, and you could point to plays that the starters made for why they lost. Um, You know, Darren Fox got loose in the fourth uh, toward the end of the fourth quarter. Uh, Paolo had a shot where he very clearly got fouled; they didn't call it, um, and that enabled Sacramento to get back and, and and score. Um, you know, it's again, it's like I say, it, it's it's little details. Like Darren Fox's game winning, game tying shot in regulation came because uh, they the Magic deflected a, or deflected or forced a, a long pass into Demontis Sabonis. Sabo, it was too long. Sabonis saved it along the baseline. Bull Bull went for the steal as Sabonis tried to save it back out to the perimeter. That went to Darren Fox, so Bull was no longer in p- position to guard Fox. Fox drives in, hits a little bank shot before Wendell Carter could step up and defend it. That's how the game turned. Again, Orlando did a great job on the next possession. Paolo Bancaro got downhill into the paint, passed it out to Franz Wagner. Wagner missed a wide open three. Rebound went to... Rebound was up for grabs. Jalen Suggs grabbed it with time winding down. Suggs took a decent... I wouldn't say it was a great, but a decent look at three. Missed it, and we go to overtime. Again... You can live with making or missing shots. I don't mind either of those plays. I don't mind either of those shots. I don't even mind necessarily Fox making it, but it's little mistakes. Um, so again, when, when you hear me say that I think the Magic are really close to winning games, it's because we're talking about Bull Bull taking an extra step to, to close out on De'Aaron Fox. Or if Bull Bull doesn't go for that steal and just says, oh, I'll let Fox catch it, but I'm going to stay in front of him. Or I'm just going to contest the catch. I'm not going to go lunging out and take myself out of the play. We're probably talking about an Orlando Magic win. Um, and so again, this is why good teams don't play close games. They avoid them because it's literally things like that that decide whether you win or lose basketball games. Now, like I said, like I said, um, like I always say, it's never just the fourth quarter. It's the whole game. You know, I wrote about this after I wrote about this uh, for Saturday, um, talking about the Golden State game. The Magic won that game against Golden State because Chuma Okeke had 11 points in the, in the first quarter because Keevon Harris had four offensive rebounds and changed the energy of that game because Paolo Bancaro had 12 points in the third quarter. They got to the end. They got to the heroics because of all those little moments. This game, they they did a lot of little things really, really well in the first half. They were perfect in the first half, to be perfectly honest, building that 18-point lead. The third quarter... They made so many bad mistakes. If they cut those turnovers in half, they win this game. It's silly little mistakes like that that cost them this game. So it, it's it, 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 it's things they could control. So I, I'm encouraged that the Magic are making mistakes that they can control. They're still in these games, so there's, there's a way for them to get better and to continue to grow and understand and learn. The bench stuff, again— Every starter for the Magic in this game had a positive plus-minus, which is pretty scary to think about. Every player off the bench had a negative plus-minus of at least minus-10 except for Admiral Schofield who played only 2.40 in this game. 2 minutes and 40 seconds in this game. Um, the Magic got 13 total points off the bench. Five of them from R.J. Hampton, four from Kevon Harris, four from Chuma Okeke. That's, that's a huge difference from Thursday when their bench won them the game. When Golden State's bench is just so bad... Orlando was able to outscore them. It's hard to win games when you know you have to lean on your starters so heavily. And yes, everyone there's there's overtime, so everyone played five extra minutes. You know, Paolo is playing 35 minutes in regulation. Uh, Bull is playing 32. Rendell Carter is at 33, almost 34. Franz is at 35. Jalen Suggs is at 29. You know, again, taking out five, taking out just standard five minutes or overtime. So these are estimates. Um... It, it, you're playing. You're leaning on your starters for a lot of minutes, and you know, I think part of the problem Jamal Mosley has with his rotations is he's trying to lean on his starters a little bit more than he should. He's got to give them a break at some point, and 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 he's kind of getting stuck and caught with some bad lineups and some bad bad rotations because he's trying to get everyone rest and have everyone ready for those clutch moments in the fourth quarter that really really matter. Uh, you know that when the pressure is ramped up a little bit, you need your best players out there. Because Orlando is inevitably going to be in these games, um, you know. So let's start with with the with the run through the box score. Um, you know, Powell Banker 33 points, 16 rebounds. Talked a lot about him. He's really, really special. Just really, really special. I don't need to say much more than that. Uh, Franz Wagner 31 points, 13 for 22 shooting, three rebounds, six assists, uh, three steals. Fra- like, I'm I'm really impressed with Franz Wagner. Um, you know, again, this game. He did his little cut moves, you know, got got into the paint, did a really good job finishing around the basket. Um, you know, the only thing, I know I mentioned this, the only thing missing is his three-point shooting, but he is really starting to understand how to run this team. Um, it's not perfect, because obviously the Magic struggled in the third quarter when he was in there helping trying to run this team, but he is starting to understand his reads um, as kind of the point guard, as the lead ball handler in this expanded role that he's playing. Um, and, and that's really, really encouraging. Um, it's going to get better. I don't think he's quite there yet, but it's going to continue to get better. And at the end of the day, as much struggle as he's gone through through these first 10 games, this experience is going to be good for him in the long run. Because you know, once Markel Fultz comes back, once, um, once the Magic have that point guard back in place everything's going to fit together a whole lot easier and, a whole, and be a whole lot better for him. He's going to get the spot-up three-point shots that he's actually good at instead of some of these uh, off-the-dribble shots that he's taking. Um, but he's going to have all this in his back. And so I, I'm, I'm really excited for what's in store for Franz Wagner. This was an incredible game. Franz put the team on his back in, in overtime toward the, end, toward the end of the fourth quarter. Um, Paolo and Franz were creating everything for this team. They did a really, really good job. I have very few complaints about the way Franz Wagner and Paolo Bancaro played in this game. The Magic did not lose this game because of them. They were in this game because of them, and they deserve a ton of credit. Uh, Bull Bull, 23 points, 10 for 11, shooting seven rebounds. Um, Just really active, especially early on. Um, You know, his scoring comes in bunches. I think teams just don't really know what to do with him or how to guard him or how to attack him. Um, He's changing shots left and right. He's keeping guys out of the paint. That Magic starting lineup is just killer. Um, that group, whatever Paolo Boll, Wendell and Franz are on the court together, good things are usually happening. Um, you know not all the time. Um, I think some teams figure it out figured out or, or get comfortable with it. but at the beginning of games, it just it just bugs the heck out of teams. It just bugs everybody. they don't know what to do with it. they don't know how to attack it. and so um, you see teams like kind of thinking and processing and and that's to the magic's advantage so you know, it, it, I don't know if the magic should close with Bol Bol out there as much as they are opening with them is fantastic. It's great psychological warfare. It, 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 it eliminates this feeling out process that a lot of teams do um, because now they, you know, now they're not only just kind of feeling out and trying to ease their way into the game, but now they're like trying to think and, and thinking's bad out there. Um, like I say with like I said earlier with Bol Bol, um, he just takes a step too far sometimes on his rotations. Um, his defensive rotations aren't great. Um, he's active. He's able to recover. He's able to block those shots. He's able to kind of get there. Um, but he will get overzealous going for steals. He'll get over overzealous kind of chasing blocks. That gets him in a little bit of trouble. But again, overall, good things from Bull Bull. Uh, Wendell Carter, a solid game. 17 points, 6 for 8 shooting, 9 rebounds, 6 assists. He did eventually foul out. He had 4 turnovers as well. Um, DeMontis Sabonis did get going eventually. 25 points, 10 for 14 shooting. Um, I do loved his defense. I loved Wendell's defense on Sabonis. I thought he did a good job, really stonewalling him, making him work for his points, making him work in the post. Um, I, I, There's a point in the first half where I don't think Sabonis wanted anything to do with Wendell Carter, and that just completely gummed up Sacramento's offense. So, um, you know, uh, Wendell's had a bit of an up and down ride, but I, I think generally he's been solid. Not nothing spectacular, but solid overall this season. Um, the guy that we do need to talk about, though, Jalen Suggs. Six points, two for seven shooting, over three from deep, seven assists, six turnovers. Um, I, I think at this point, I mean, I, I don't want to completely abandon any experiments that they're doing with Jalen Suggs because he's still super young, and, and, and any time on the ball for him is good experience. But at, at this point, you know, Jalen Suggs runs either super hot or super cold. He's either. Putting passes on a line straight into the guy's shooting pocket and shooting hand and, and 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 giving them the best chance for them to succeed, or he is turning the ball over in just the dumbest, stupidest fashion. He's either stopping on a dime and hitting a shot in perfect rhythm uh, and making you believe that he can be a twenty-point scorer off you know at, at the guard position, or he is. Driving headlong into the rim, right into bodies, and just taking wild shots or, or missing shots that he needs to be making. Um and 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 unfortunately, there there really feels like there's no in between. Um he's he he goes through spouts where he's turning the ball over a lot and and they come in bunches for him. And, and you know, it, you know, the Magic had all those turnovers in the in the in the in, in the third quarter, nine turnovers in total. Jalen Suggs at three of them. No one else had, you know, only Wendell Carter had two in that in that quarter. Jalen Suggs had three turnovers, three of his six turnovers in that third quarter. Um, if Jalen Suggs wants to be successful and wants to be a ball handler and all that, he's got to bring the turnovers down. It's, it's really that simple. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's an, an intangible thing. It, 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 not, not being able to trust your lead ball handler like that to bring the ball up, to get guys into sets, worrying about him turning the ball over— that kills the rhythm of your offense. That kills everything that you're trying to do. And so, you know, again, all these are correctable. These are these are detail things. These are understanding things. Jalen does watch a lot of tape, uh, but you know, when he gets out there, he can get a little excited. I think I think he's a little excitable out on the court, and that leads to some of these mistakes, and certainly leads to some of these mistakes uh, compounding. Um, again, most of us suspect that this team will be a lot better when Marco Foltz is back. Um, and this is exactly why. Because, yeah, Fultz turns the ball over a little bit, but Fultz is going to be a lot better at getting guys into spots, getting guys into into their into their rhythm and, and, and being able to point guys in the right right direction. So, again, you know, if I'm not worried about the bigger picture things, if I'm not worried about uh, the Magic struggling in the fourth quarter or the Magic struggling late in games or, or runs like the Kings went on in the third quarter, um, it's because when Markel Fultz comes back, those aren't going to be a problem. Now, if you think this team can make the play-in tournament, yeah, it's a problem now. It's a problem they have to solve now. It's not its not an excuse not having Markel Foles. They've got to be better at it now. Uh, but the bigger picture, A, we now know that this is a need that the Magic have, and, and yeah, they got hit by crazy injuries at the position. Cole Anthony may or may not be able to do it effectively, but um, there's there's certainly something to it. And again, one game, I'm not going to freak out about anything. It's it's repeated mistakes that you have to start thinking about. And so, you know, you have these high turnover games. Magic only had 18 turnovers in this game. So, you know, only for them. That's, that's low for them. Um, and obviously, they're, they're still in a chance to win the game. So there's, there's there's improvement they need to make with turning the ball over. But this was not a bad turnover game. They had a bad turnover quarter. And that's what killed them uh, in this one. So, still a lot for this team to work on. Still a lot for this team to do. Um, you know, Jalen Suggs is just... You don't know what you're going to get from them. And, and, I, and I think, you know, again, this is a young team. They're going to be inconsistent. They're going to have their struggles. Um, but you got to know what you can count on from each player, and, and, and you got to have a baseline. And I think that's where Jalen's kind of at right now. Uh, Orlando shoots 54.3% from the floor, just four for 23 from beyond the arc. So, again, kudos to Orlando for staying in the game. Sacramento hit 15 threes. It's a big reason why they were able to come in come back in this game. Trey Lyles had four three-pointers off the bench. Malik Monk had three three three-pointers off the bench. So those two combined shot seven for 14 on threes. Orlando was four for 23. You want to know why Sacramento did get over the hump and and, and come back in this game? They hit three-pointers toward the end of that third quarter, beginning of the fourth. That got them back into the lead. That that, That put them ahead by 10, and Orlando was clawing uphill to try and get back into this thing. They shoot 15 for 40 from beyond the arc in total, 17 for 26 from the foul line. So... Orlando lost I mean forget that the Magic had a 20 point lead at one point early in the third quarter. Orlando lost a game shooting better than 50% from from the floor, shooting not hitting any threes, getting out free throw. Um Sacramento got the line 26 times Orlando just 20. Um they made 19 of them. So good good free throw shooting, which is big. Um and a game where they turn the a, a game where they turned the ball over, they only lose by 3 and they lose on a buzzer beater in overtime. Um Taking out how this game flowed, if you just looked at the box score, you'd be like, "Man, like the Magic really fought to stay in this game, and gave themselves a chance. That's great." And and look, I'm not I'm not here to say that that's completely wrong. but obviously the way this game flowed, the Magic's defense was was not great. Fifty gave up fifteen and a half percent shooting, fifteen for forty from deep, seventeen for twenty six from the foul line. Thirty seven points to Darren Fox. I think he had twenty six of those in the. 26 or 27 of those um, in the second half and overtime. 25 to DeMontis Sabonis. Sacramento didn't have great balanced scoring, 15 each from Lyles and Monk. Um, but but again, it all added up. The Magic weren't able to stop the bleeding. They weren't able to find their center. They weren't able to get that extra, you know, that one guy. Again, Chumo KK has the first quarter that he had, you know, the first quarter that he had um, against Golden State in the third quarter of this game. Magic win the game easily. Um, they needed one more guy to step up at a key moment, and it just never came. And so that's why the Magic are sitting at 2-8 and eight now instead of a, a, a tidy 3-7. and A lot of Magic can fall to the Sacramento Kings, 126-123. to They're back in action Monday against the Houston Rockets. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter, at Philip RR underscore omd Subscribe to the podcast and Apple, on Apple Podcasts. you your tuning in to Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the fun places on the podcast to your podcast-enabled listening device. For the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. Now that you're done listening to us, be sure to make Lockdown Sports Today your next listen. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day every Monday through Friday available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Lockdown Magic. Do not forget, um, I know in Orange County, at least, Sunday is the last day of early voting. Many other counties here in Central Florida, early voting is closed. So if you have not voted or if you're not planning to early vote here in Orange County on Sunday and have not voted yet, please make a plan to vote on Tuesday. The midterm elections are here. All those fun political ads that have been flooding your TVs and your YouTubes and your Instagrams and all your social media, they're almost all gone. We're going to make it. I promise. Hopefully. Maybe. Who knows? Um, but election day is here on Tuesday, November 8th. If you have not voted yet, please go make a plan to vote. You can find great voter guides from the Orlando Sentinel, the TV station that I work for, Spectrum News 13, has a great voter guide as well on my News thirteen. They can walk you through your ballot check out your supervisor of elections office for sample ballots and more information on where and how to vote you do have to vote at your specific precinct if you are voting on election day fine you can find i know know orange county supervisor elections office does a great job of providing a ton of information uh, and, and a ton of voter information and voting guides to help out voters uh prepare for election day so again Vote, election day is Tuesday. if you have not voted yet please do make a plan to vote. Um, this is not a plea to vote for a particular party or a particular candidate. This is just a plea to go out and vote because we live in a democracy. we our voices get get heard on these days and we have the power we have the power to shape our future not just on national elections but on important local issues and local elections as well. so definitely take the time to do do some research, do some studying. Uh, and make your make your plan to go vote on Tuesday if you have not done so already. That's good to do for me, though, I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando we'll Magic, here's Locked on Magic. This is going to go rock and ice. We'll see you all next time for another episode of Locked on Magic.
1: Hey, Prime members.